0: So hi everybody, welcome to Photographer's Coffee Morning. Uh, this is a small group of photographers. We try to talk about business from an honest perspective. It's a roundtable discussion, so the people you're about to hear all turned up live for this recording, and we're gonna be discussing a variety of different topics, and it's very loose, it's directed by the people that are here and the things are on their mind. For those of you that don't know, this, this kind of group started on Clubhouse during the lockdowns, and we had an open forum for people that wanted to talk about their businesses while they weren't able to work. We ran this five times a week for the vast majority of the year. Then it kind of slowly tapered out as everyone got back to work and had less time available for like active chats like this. This is a place where we talk about photography business from an honest perspective. We're in lots of different industry sectors as you'll probably hear as we go through and hear from the people that have decided to join as a guest. If you ever have a question, or if you wanna talk in a safe space, this is definitely the place to do it. With that said, we've got a few people that are kind of up here as guests on the stage. If you wanna like take a minute to unmute your microphones and say hi, I'm gonna start with the people with the cameras on. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna pick on you guys first. (laughs) um, Just to give people a bit of an overview as to who you are and what you do. Leah, do you want to start with your business name and explain a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Leah Thomason. I don't know why it doesn't have my last name like everybody else, but it doesn't. (laughs) And I'm based in Texas and I'm a wedding photographer. I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And my Instagram is Leah Thomason, T-H-O-M-A-S-O-N photography.
0: Um, Richard, would you like to uh, let people know a little bit about what you do and your background?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I mainly shoot interiors and architecture,
3: um,
2: which means anywhere from real estate, as you call it in America, or state agency stuff here on the basis, to architectural work, uh, longitudinal studies of, of buildings being built, uh, interiors from the glossy to the rundown. It's a whole range of that. And then also I shoot... Um, Projects that I'm slowly trying to work into to making into a to books as well, in a whole different range of photography.
0: And just for the sake of people that are trying to like, you know, like blog stalk your Insta stalk you while we're talking, can you give like your full name and your Instagram handle so people can get a bit of an idea of where to look if they want to see a little bit more about about the work you make?
2: Sure. So my website is rothmore.com. I'm not sure if you can see my name there. R O T H M O R E is a broad spectrum work on there, a little bit of video as well, and then at Instagram. Which I'm not so good at posting. Uh, it's at r.s.rothmore, and you'll see bits of me waffling away, probably with my own entertainment. Uh, so you see that.
0: Perfect. And Mark, do you want to introduce yourself to? You? Hi. Can you hear me?
4: <laughs> um, I am uh, an ex music photographer turned cameraman slash DOP, uh, mainly in commercials and branded content,
0: and a tiny bit of TV. That's a short introduction, but let, let's just say that Mark is, has been involved with quite a lot of really interesting projects recently. I'm, I'm going to big him up because he didn't. So he he recently recorded a couple of music festivals. He's done television advertisements in the UK, Netflix specials. I'm going to keep going until you blush even more, Mark. I'm sorry. We can't, we can't let you get away with that.
4: Well, you're lying because the Netflix special didn't make it to Netflix. So it went on YouTube. Cut that one out.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, well, on the ready for Netflix special then we'll, we'll go with that. That's that's probably the best way we can say it. Um, but again, do you want do you want to let people know where they can find your stuff online, so if they want to check you out while we're chatting to get a bit of your background?
5: Yeah, uh,
4: my website is markf.net. and my Instagram is mark with a K forra, as written on the thing. I am um, also terrible at posting, so there's not loads on the on the instas, but. Um, yeah looking forward to this again
0: that's great
6: and uh, jack um i'm jack i'm a wedding photographer videographer um from Kent, um and my instagram handle is jackcordine photo video um, again not posted much recently in fact in about a year and a half so it's really really bad but um take a look there's some good stuff on there hopefully that you'll enjoy
0: thanks jack that's spot on and and ollie and steph do you want to introduce yourself guys
3: yeah hi everyone i'm ollie steph hello. Yeah, we're um, allotment photographers. We're based up on the Isle of Skye. Um, we've only been photographing allotments for about two years, and we kind of miss this whole clubhouse group. But we've heard Tom speak fondly about it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's nice. nice. It's, it's got another life here.
0: Not gonna lie, I'm pining for those like past times for sure. Like I, I really miss having having good chats. And it, it it's funny because the most of the people that are currently on the stage, at least once in the last month or so, we've ended up having conversations about the stuff we talk on in Clubhouse. So I thought it was a, it was high time to get this resurrected so we could have those chats in a bit more of an open bit more of an open forum. Um
3: but yeah, like do you want to let people know where they can find your work, guys? Yeah, so we're com, pretty easy, and on Instagram.
7: The same, isn't it? Oli and Steph,
0: yeah, Oli and, and Steph. Love it, awesome guys, thank you. And Phil, like, do you want to do you want to give us a bit of info on on who you are and where you're coming from?
8: Uh, I'm Phil Salisbury. Um, I'm a wedding photographer based just outside of Manchester. If you are looking to look at anything I've done, it's philsalisbury.com or if you're on Insta, it's philsalisbury with an underscore. Hopefully, there's something of interest for people.
0: And unlike everybody else that complained, I think Ollie and Steph and Phil are actually actively posting on Instagram, which is, it's just a rarity for me at least. i barely ever post anything. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, this is it. And actually that's something we'll come back to a little bit late when we get into the main chat. but yeah, thanks for that Phil. We massively appreciate it. And Wes, this is my first time meeting you. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit so we can check out your work?
5: Yeah. Hi guys. Nice to meet everybody. I'm a wedding and commercial photographer um, based in the northwest of England, something in common with Mark. I'm a former TV cameraman, so we might have a bit a bit in common. Worked on all the major soaps and a few, a few films in a different life. Um, Instagram: Wes Simpson Weddings and um, personal stuff. Um, that Wes Simpson and the commercial stuff is on Content Buzz.
0: Awesome. Love it. The reason why I wanted to start here was to give people a bit of a background. So we don't just have photographers from one industry sector. We're not all wedding photographers. We're not all doing the same thing. For me, I do corporate commercial photography and video. And more recently, I've been doing education. So if you hear something from me, it's going to have a slightly different slant than if say Leah, Ollie, or or Phil said something. So bear in mind who we are in our backgrounds, and we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about um, basically, what's been happening since lockdown? Um, because I don't know about anybody else, but my business has drastically changed, and the kinds of businesses I can work for has changed. Um, in my case, a lot of the hospitality companies that I used to work with have either gone out of business or have had to have make significant changes to the way they operate to stay relevant. And I'm sure it's the same for other people. Does anything anyone have anything particularly they want to to kind of add on the topic of what's changed for their business since the lockdowns?
2: Seen a, a turn towards clients asking for video or alternate uh, mediums of, of photography, whether it's clips put together, um, particularly on the architecture and interiors, if people uh, are unable to see sites or executives can't visit the country. So that was like a th- over the, those two years, um, that was interesting to see things that, uh, that I hadn't done as much of before people requesting a different products.
0: So are you saying that people are asking you to essentially do a broader scope of work for the same budget? Or that they're trying to look for a one stop shop, somebody that can do both stills and video?
2: Yeah, I think they are. I think they're looking for both stills and video. Um there's a whole I have a whole like range of clients, I'm sure we all do, and <laughs> fitting different budgets. So some yeah of course, will would would like it included in the budget they're used to for photography. Whereas the others um don't have uh, an idea what budget they would spend on video. So there's a bit of me educating them and finding some happy medium um, or directing them if it's a bigger job to a production company. Or So navigating for them something new that if they'd never really considered video before. Yeah, so that's been interesting. So it's, it's almost like
0: your product offering is having to expand to meet like a new set of client needs, really. I think for those of us in commercial, that was exa- exactly my experience as well. For those of us that do offer hybrid services or are considering to offer those hybrid services, have you found like a greater demand for video recently? Like what's the trend been for you?
4: Um, well, I I now am um, sort of wholly video. I, I've managed, my my business shifted from, stills to doing that offer everything package and then grew to being able to sort of niche off again um so i I, i've kind of been been lucky really that i'm sort of not doing everything but that i think originally when i first started doing video it was that video was scarce it was the early 5d days that started doing video and it became more of a commodity for people to to be able to shoot video and stills within one so I, i don't know i feel like i jumped on that bandwagon early in a way to be like, oh, I can offer my clients video. Um, and now, I don't know, it felt like it split apart, like the industry split apart again. It merged, it split apart. Now it feels like it's merging again, really, um, as people constantly try and cut costs um, just to
0: try and do things in one you finding more clients are trying to get your video to be usable in a stills format as well they're taking screen grabs getting you to shoot higher res or how's that split happening um
4: for my jobs not so much um these days i mean you'll always find screen grabs of video being used on things but um i think on the higher end that will like stuff that will always be kept separate um but i don't know A job I had last week, I I noticed that um, I was told the budget was skimped on video and I couldn't have anyone to assist me. And the stills photographer on the same shoot had two assistants. So um, that, that I was like,
0: Oh, stills,
4: stills is, is, is going more important than video these days.
0: Wes, so you mentioned that you'd come from the, the kind of video like production world and you've now moved into wedding uh, photography. And, and do you do any kind of video as well or is it just a single focus for you? Like, how, how's your
5: split? The So when I was working in TV, the photography was just a bit of a side hustle, but then it quickly became the tail, started wagging the dog. Um, and yeah, just a lot of my production was down in london and just the traveling stuff um yeah and i don't know i was making in a single day of a wedding what i was in kind of all month on on the bill or casualty or whatever so yeah after after a couple of years the tail started wagging a dog and i stopped working on tv
0: with this transition like it's the opposite way to what a lot of people have been describing up to now um so that's interesting to see that there's still demand for stills above and beyond and a difference in the market um now jack I, I know that you do stills and video in the wedding world so how have you found that split change for you
6: i tend to keep them very independent so i won't book i won't book the same on the same day because i don't think i can give both the right amount of time so um split wise in terms of bookings though I'm getting more video work just generally because I think the pool is a lot smaller um and I'm probably a little bit, bit, a, bit a bigger fish compared to the, the actual photographers in the actual area um but yeah I mean in terms of trying to navigate a wedding day doing both on a hybrid scale um it scares the life out of me if I'm honest with you it's uh I, t- I wouldn't know what to, what to focus in on for one certain medium over the other one and um, some people that do it, I know they offer two minute videos, but I would just be, yeah, my brain just cannot differentiate between the two. I want to capture that moment in both stills and and video format, so I just kind of keep them very much parked well away from each other and just take individual bookings of photo and video, but very separate.
0: Yeah, so it kind of stops you from having to kind of do that mindset switch from one to the other and like retooling all your kit and all the rest of it, because like. 100%. Because this is the thing, like I think for most of us, like our cameras can do video, but I don't think many of us prioritize something that's going to do them both at the same time equally well. Um, th- there isn't a perfect tool for sure.
3: So from our photography point of view, so we we shoot at the duo. We don't offer video, um, but interestingly, we, when we started our business and we were a bit lower priced, every couple we spoke to on on Zoom on our our consultation calls every couple without fail would ask us if we could recommend a video and if we do video as well um and then as we've grown as a business and improved we've jacked our prices right up um so we're a lot more premium now and we very very rarely get asked for video um you know and if we do get asked for video the the clients seem to know that it's going to be a separate thing and we're recommending them Mm -hmm. so i just think that's interesting you know i think there are people prepared to pay more you know if they kind of appreciate what you do more if that makes sense
0: this is a really interesting perspective because it changes the conversation from being like a it, it's something where there is more demand for video to being like no there's demand for both and if you specialize people are aware that you specialize and they're not going to try and get you to do something that you're not one advertising primarily and two don't feel equipped to do quite as well as somebody else that might, might be single focused so for you guys like has there been a temptation to try and add referral in there to try and support other businesses that you feel do a good job like how do you handle it when you do get those kind of inquiries are you sending those out to friends or referring them to photographers or videographers you've worked with like how do you go about using that
3: yeah so there aren't really there, there's not a plethora of um, videographers doing what we do it's quite a niche you know we're, we're guiding couples primarily on sky on elopements and we're pushing more to take them up in the mountains because we're outdoor people and that's what we love um we we worked with um some videographers called cinemate i don't know if, if you guys are aware of them they they host a podcast they're an awesome couple of scottish guys so they're kind of our, our first port of call if somebody wants a videographer we we refer them to them and you know, since we've gone up to this higher bracket, it, it, it just hasn't happened that much, has it, I think?
7: Not as much. I think I think people have their certain budget and yeah. more of them are putting it into photo. And I guess it's that kind of idea of, you know, do you go for like a mid-level photo so you can get video as well or do you put all your money into one or the other? And I know when we got married, that was kind of the discussion whether we should get this specific photographer or we should go someone a bit cheaper so we could have video as well. So I think that's always a balance. Um but yeah, we definitely refer out to other videographers that we, we know. I think we could do with more, so if yeah. anybody wants to do a Scottish. Hey, market, I would love to
6: come up to Scotland. Then, uh... <laughs> I'd, I'd love to give it a try, honestly. I would love to have the opportunity to go shoot at open in the sky. So I mean I I'm an outdoor kind of guy as well. I don't mind getting dirty, I don't mind getting wet. So um, if need to be, um, I'll send you some of my work, and you can you can put me forward. I don't mind flying up from Kent; it's not a far trip. So, um, yeah, no. happy to do that.
0: <laughs> See, this, this is what we like connecting people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like with, with all of this, like it, I think that's kind of I think you made an interesting point there about the way somebody allocates the spend. And I think this is going back to what Richard was saying earlier, like even in the commercial space, people are becoming more and more aware that they need video, especially in commercial space, because that's what's being pushed. Whereas in in weddings, for example, you might not have that kind of market forces push where your advertising platforms want you to produce it the same way. Um, So that customers are demanding it for that reason. But as you said, like what you're trying to do is work out like who cares about the thing that we do the most and how do we get in front of those people and, and be a complete solution for them? Because um, like, I know this from outside of this conversation, but your business is very much a case of uh, you help people to get to Sky and be on Sky to, to elope. You're not just there on the day of making amazing photographs. You are doing more around that to build a complete solution. So I guess in in a way, like you're in a in a different situation than somebody that say relying on somebody to go to the local wedding venue. You're doing more. You're, you're kind of providing some of those services that an events coordinator or a wedding planner might offer as well. Um, just for context, yeah,
7: definitely. yeah, and we do actually offer packages that include some of those things. So we'll actually like book and pay for vendors for them as well. So it is really a planning and photography service. So. Most of the time, the couples listen to us quite a lot as to what they should like add into their packages and what what would help them. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting about the video stuff.
0: One of the things that I wanted to touch on was the the way that this kind of like time of year is for wedding photographers, because I know especially in the US, I'm seeing a lot of people refer to this as like booking season, and being like overbooked or like struggling to keep up with demand and then in private i'm having people contact me and say well actually no it hasn't really been that way for us that like we haven't seen this enormous influx that we might have seen in previous years and i just wondered what like, everybody's experience has been around this
7: i was like last year was really our first proper booking yeah. season yeah. like because of covid and stuff before that Um just getting started mm-hmm. so i'd say last january we had more inquiries coming in Um, but actually we found that January wasn't the best month for converting. I feel like there's a lot of people getting engaged over Christmas and then they're excited. So they're reaching out to lots of photographers and kind of figure out the price shoppers just not, you know, just wanting to find out lots of information from different ones. Mm. So we didn't book tons last January, but for us, elopements have much shorter lead in times. So I think Mm. last year we only had a handful of elopements booked at the start of the year and we worked with like 55 couples elopements and couple sessions through the year so they come in a lot later and so i think that'll happen again this year mm. but i would say that we have booked a couple of like decent packages mm. this january despite the fact we've had less inquiries so it feels yeah. like a little bit more quality leads are coming in i would just I think add, people be more careful i'll
3: just add to that i remember this time last year when we were panicking with lack of bookings it was very tempting to drop our prices down a bit um but we held our nerve and I think when all the other sort of Scottish alignment photographers were booked out we were probably one of the only options left for the rest of the year so they had to book us.
0: <laughs> you see that's that's interesting as well because um. it, it's it's strange that like you're almost making it sound like the lead time is being shorter and and for your particular business it, it's pretty it's a pretty big undertaking to because I think the majority of clients traveling to the area, they're going to have to make travel arrangements as well. It's not just a case of like booking it and being able to look quickly. A lot of them are traveling an awful long way. Um For anybody that's not in the kind of elopement space, how have you found this kind of January season? Like, Are you booking quickly? Like Leah, you're unmuted. Did you have something to add?
1: Yeah, I can kind of add in to both. Like just to tail, like tail into on the video discussion, I definitely have seen since like the 2020 shutdowns. And I think I'm the only one here from the States. So all I can do is like talk about like my experience. And then Texas is kind of like its own thing. We all know. Um <laughs> So um that like initially during like 2020 and probably 2021, like I, at least the weddings that I shot, it was, I hardly worked with a videographer at all. Um And so I think brides and couples, prioritize like the stills in that time and since probably like mid year last year booking into this year I've had an uptick in brides asking uh, for referrals for videography so I definitely saw at least in my business an increase in like interest in having video and then asking me if if I have anybody that I've worked with that I can refer out because sometimes like that connection can be a little off. And so I initially, I didn't have a lot of videographers to refer. And so now that I do, because it's kind of ticked up, like my couples get a list of like, these are like my top five. And I've tried really hard to like find different price points for everybody. Because even if like wedding, like stills are your priority, they still want like a video in some instances. And they're like, we just want to have a video of the day to like see it later. they do not have just wanting like a full cinematic production all the time so um that i've seen that definitely like an uptick and like i think almost all of my couples coming up have like video in some capacity so i think that's coming back at least to my clients and then um at least here like january february like texas brides move fast um <laughs> They get they get engaged, and then they're ready to pick a date, pick a venue and get the photographer locked down. And then I feel like they take like a breather to then get into like the nitty gritty of like planning and, you know, take a breather have some fun, like, okay, now I've got like my key players, and I can like take a little bit more time. But um, my January, and February have been pretty consistent as far as bookings go. Not all of them hit, obviously, but um, I've had, a, there's always an influx, like mid-January into February, at least for me to have more uh, more of those inquiries coming in.
0: And it's interesting because obviously everything you described, there. there's kind of two sides of it. So I want to tackle the first bit, which again is the convergence of video and stills. Um, it sounds like more people are in that awareness stage where they know that video matters in some form, but they don't have taste for it yet. So whereas the prevailing wisdom is that photography is something that should be considered and have money spent on it, they may want video, but they don't have the desire for something necessarily massively artistic. It just needs to be something that kind of satisfies the fact, yes, we have a record of it. There's a document here. Um, so even in customers that are kind of coming primarily for photography and spending most of their money there, there's still an opportunity that these, these clients may in the future want a video product, which is interesting to me. Um, the other side of it is that obviously you said you're right. You are at the moment the only person on stage who is from the States. And there is a, a fairly big economic difference at the moment purely because we are going through an economic downturn. Like there's a, The cost of living is going up here at an alarming rate. And we're probably likely... Too. Well, this is it. And we're likely to see a good bit of economic uncertainty as well. Um, with that in mind, like Phil, you've got your mic unmuted as well. Did you have something you wanted to add or to ask? How long have you got... Um, I'm here. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs)
8: Take a deep breath. Um, So this has been really interesting to obviously listen to Oli and then Leah about it. Um, This will be me going into year four. And so from what I would consider to be uh, something that's measurable for me, I have only got the last 12 months because of the pandemic to go, okay, so I can measure when things came in and where there was peaks and troughs, if you would uh typically for me i got a reasonable amount of inquiries last january this so far i'm at about 50 percent of what it was last year but the conversion rate is extremely low by comparison for me um and that's not me changing anything in the way that i deal with sales um and i have a history in sales as jobs so not that you know i'm a master of it all but i've got a fair idea about why people might not book and We've already touched on the economic crisis. I honestly think it's got a major factor in it at the moment. <clears throat> but the the uncertainty of it is something that is something that I hope at some point, maybe, we can discuss. But realistically, what you were touching about, the photo and video side of it, um, I don't offer video. I would love to be able to, but I don't feel as though I would have the time to invest, to develop that skill set, to provide an adequate service. So I built a network network. And so if of videographers that I've worked with that I'm happy to refer now on the same sort of basis, I think, as Ollie sort of mentioned, I think you touched on that as well. And I think that gives them reassurance that wherever I get it, they know they're going to be involved. Um, and so the rapport building over the past 12 months has been huge for the business and it has paid dividends because I didn't, this might be ignorance, but I didn't think that people would typically look at video over photo in a booking order, if that makes sense. But what I'm seeing now is that there may be a slight change in the curve of what people are considering as a primary option, because I've actually had videographers say to me, are you available on this date? Because they're still looking at photo. It's only a couple of them, but the fact that that's happening
0: was like, hang on,
8: there's a shift in something here, potential.
0: And I think it's only natural that we, we kind of see that shift more and more because right now, um, everything that these people are consuming will be video first like there isn't a platform that's widely adopted by anybody that's that's kind of stills first right now um and as much as i love photography and i've said this a few times on other podcasts and like in other places and i I really do think that video is the future unless you're doing what ollie and steph uh, mentioned which is being so niche and so select and doing something so special that basically people can't ignore you like there's no way to avoid that and obviously in your case phil like you you are doing that like again you've not said this about yourself but i want to mention it like you've won a bunch of awards in the last 12 months and like you've entered awards and been recognized as being one of the best photographers in the world by fearless and a bunch of other people and that you're still experiencing what you're experiencing so if somebody in your position with those those awards is still saying, well, actually, this is kind of a bit unprecedented. I'm not seeing an, an analogy from a previous year and an analog from that. That's a, that is a big deal. And I, I honestly, I think you said you haven't done anything differently. You've made massive attempts to improve your marketing, if anything.
8: Sorry, yeah. In, in in the approach to the sale or the marketing of the business, that has been a predominant part of it, if you would, is the award scheme. Absolutely, I can't argue with that. I didn't have it prior to that. Um, in the processing of the sale while well, speaking to the couples that's the, the element that's probably not evolved as much but yeah to, I do consider it I won't say a concern not for this year but for where I was measuring on the inquiries for when they came in for the year as in were they booking for that year or for the future this year has been so very different compared to last I, I had people looking at sort of 24 months in advance last year this year it's over 50% of the inquiry has been for this year, which is really not what I was seeing last year. It's just, so so as a measure, a measuring stick, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to ascertain. Is this regular? Is it something that I can get reassurance of moving forward that it's going to stay this way or, or not?
0: It's interesting because that's kind of what uh, Ollie and Steph were saying as well about that kind of booking period shortening a little bit. So it not being like, oh, it's January. It's all about that booking season. It's like, no, no, we might be getting married in september but we're going to start looking in march like they're they're not leaving that enormous lead time that we might have seen in
1: i've noticed that too a lot shorter planning period they're like um they're not planning nearly nearly as far out at least my couples haven't been and then there are some like far seeking like ones and i always applaud them for like planning like a year out like you're going to have the better luck finding vendors that you connect with Um, but like, I just booked a couple for like the end of May, like last week. And I was like, wow, you're gonna like, you're gonna be moving real fast, like super stressful. And I don't know if everybody else has like come with this is like, because of the economic crisis, both like here in the States and you know, all where y'all are like, I don't think my couples understand like the budgeting of, you know, what it was pre-pandemic versus now there's like, we don't, they don't know how to budget or they're like sticker shock, a little bit of like, Oh, this is, you know, there's crisis here, but like, we still have to make our ends meet to meet our increased bills. And so our prices have gone up accordingly and you can't, you know, book me at my price last year. And that's still kind of some of the prices that, uh, I find, Couples are looking for, and I was like, "There's just no way I wouldn't be able. I would have to shoot like 58 weddings, and that's just that's a lot." Yeah, and
0: there's no way you can just stand that. It's it's not practical. Um, with with that said, like, um, where's Jack? Obviously, you're both in the wedding industry as well. Like, how have you found coming into the booking season this year, January period?
6: I'll go. Um, slightly different for me, I guess, because I've not really done much marketing per se. And I've kind of tried to kind of pull back a little bit this year in terms of a bit of work life balance. So for a a little bit of background, I'm still work full time. um, So nine to five. And then my first full year was meant to be 2020. And I had one wedding before COVID hit. And then it moved into um, a COVID 2021 where I had 42 weddings for like the first season which was crazy um, and they were a mixture of photo and video so it was a very much a very steep learning curve um, and then last year was still a little bit of kind of like overturn from some Kobe weddings that moved back to 2022 so I had about 25 last year um, and bef- before I want to kind of go full time I want to have a bit more time with a, a sun as well last year in July um, so that kind of added to, sorry in, in 2021 so that kind of added to the the, the whole mix of the 42 weddings and it was crazy so I've kind of tailed back a little bit but I've seen not so much coming through but i probably put that down to me in my advertising and not not being present on social media but I'm still getting some bookings um, much to where I've I don't know where they come where, where they're coming from totally honest um, probably hopefully word of mouth which is great because if that's the case then you know it's affirmation and that it, what I'm doing is working in the correct way I'm not kind of relying on social media but some still say Instagram so they're mostly standing out in some instances. Um, but I'd say the switch mainly is probably majority video and less on the photo side. Again, I think with a lack of decent uh, amount of decent videographers compared to ph- photographers down here in the in the southeast, um, that probably helps stands me in good stead. Um, but yes, yeah, I'm probably a little bit um, out of the loop on that one in terms of you know actively being present on socials and, and trying to kind of get the bookings. I'm actively trying to seek. Quality over quantity this time, as and when they come in, um, but yeah, it, it's 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 slow, but that's to be expected, I think.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Like you, you've had a bumper year, and as a result, you're taken your foot off the gas, so you're not sure what's kind of like the the momentum that's carried you through and what's actually kind of actually no hang on a second like um it's actually quieter you're not sure which is the marketing effort and which is um which is kind of like a a market condition if you like
6: for sure and i and i had real no kind of litmus test anyway being you know coming into that bumper 2021 year of having a year which was normal i've not experienced a normal wedding year currently and i think 2023 for me would be a normal wedding year if I wasn't scaling back. So um, I'm looking to leave, go full time in 2024, and 2024 would be my where I really ramp up and try and get as many bookings as I possibly can. What's you're comfortable taking, um, and then that could be my my kind of my my, like my benchmark, so to speak, and then further on. But from what I hear from everyone else, it's a, it's an ever move, you know, it's ever moving, fast flowing, it's changing every, all the time. So there's no real you know, set in stone that this is going to happen. That's going to happen um, until it kind of settles down. I guess post COVID, which could be another two, three, four years.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you on that one too. So it, it sounds like this time next year you'll have a better idea. But right now it's like it, it you just take it as it comes, which makes perfect Definitely. sense. Yeah. Um, just to make sure we hear from everybody, like, where's did you have something you wanted to add to this, or any, any kind of questions you wanted to ask?
5: The only real difference for me is being decimation weddings. Um the flights getting really well the flights of for for example tuscany um flying to naples only got released last week and normally i'm i've got my flights and stuff well before christmas so that has a, having a massive impact on just the, the customers wanting to take it that added chance of you know Booking flights and and them you know them being massively expensive, or you're not even going to be making the flight. That's been the biggest biggest obstacle for me.
0: So it, it sounds like you're you're saying that it's it's the kind of the EU break that's kind of caused the issue in that particular situation. Is that right, or of a mis
5: it's, it's not. It's just the uncertainty of the flights really, with with the destination stuff because normally the flight they release the flights kind of. Well before they have, they've only just released the flights for for Italy and t- like the likes of Tuscany and stuff this month. And normally, they've, they've released like likes of Ryanair and EasyJet have released the flights twelve months maybe before. And so, there's definitely a, a an impact on 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 that because the the customer when they're booking you, should be a, usually twelve months in advance can get an idea of how much the flight's going to cost at the time of booking you but some of my destinations for this year have booked me last year and the flights have only just come out kind of this month.
0: But that's it. And, and honestly, it looks like you're not alone either because um, Solven in the chat, I think he's in the audience right now, is saying that he's had two inquiries this month for April of 2023 and one of those was for Santorini specifically. So it sounds like he's, he's having a similar thing, where that, that that window for travel is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, aside from that, have you seen any change in the last year? Have you been keeping your markets and efforts consistent through the last year or two then? Or how have you been finding no, it generally?
5: Well, I suppose even just as well as the customer, I was reluctant to, to take, take on destination weather last year, and normally it's about a third of what I do. Um, I only only done one or two last year, just because of the the stress of taking that booking. I don't know; it just seemed to be more guaranteed. I felt more security in taking UK bookings last year rather than going taking a, a you know, a, a booking abroad. Um, but this, but then I did miss it. I did miss it, so I was like, right, I'm going to do some more destination ones again this year. But already, it's kind of proven, proven stressful
0: it makes sense and i guess this we've seen this a lot like a um, a friend of mine actually was had joined the the chat part with her and has now left again um james like his primary market was in italy and he had a, a similar issue because the majority of his work was in in italy and when that eu like leaving happened the brexit happened that kind of changed the way that his business worked fundamentally because he couldn't make that easy jump for like the entire wedding season anymore so it was a complete rethink so it sounds like for you Obviously, not quite the same as the majority of your work being for there, but you're feeling that same pinch that a lot of other destination photographers are feeling at the moment that you you want to kind of bring things back home a little bit more. Is is that accurate?
5: Yeah, and I just think when we came up to Brexit and stuff, it was like the uncertainty of was there going to be different rules and regular Obviously, you could just say that you were a guest and stuff, but still, the the fear of, of that kind of did put me off last year.
0: No, I don't blame you for that at all. Now, just look into kind of the, the chat again, so I noticed that Ollie and Steph had mentioned that they wanted to talk about a little bit about like inquiry sources and like how we're trying to quantify where people are finding us, and I think that works for all of us. Like um, for those of us that do commercial and those who do weddings, like those those kind of like inquiry sources are massive because it shows you where to put your efforts for next time so that'd be pretty interesting to hear from people on that um in my case the majority of my work comes from like designer recommendations or for past like past contact with like um department heads et etc but by far and away design agencies referring me on is my number one inquiry source um for anybody else in the room would you be comfortable sharing where a lot of your inquiries are coming from how do you find the people That you work with on a regular basis
7: just getting my figures up on my other screen um so (laughs) yeah i think it's really important to track those metrics because yeah if you're just guessing then it isn't really a good way to try and do your marketing but for us a couple of years ago we put quite a lot of effort into building up our seo on our website and that has been massively helpful for us we basically have one particular guide, a guide to eloping in Scotland, and that brings the vast majority of the traffic to our website. So by far this, in 2022 and so far this year, like Google search is the biggest. Um, And there was quite a shift because actually the year before, so 2021, Mm -hmm. we were getting majority from Instagram and then Google was in like second place. It was about 60% to like 30%. And that completely switched around in 2022 and i think that's probably because of all the changes in instagram and the way that they show your stuff like we've seen a massive drop in engagement on instagram um but we're still getting some inquiries from there Mm. so google's number one and then instagram a little bit from facebook because there's some random scotland travel group and some american clients posted their photos in that group and so we we get bookings through that group kind of just that's kind of like a bonus because we haven't really putting anything into that um and then i guess the other place is referrals from other photographers um we're in a referral group for photographers and there's quite a lot coming through at the moment because as ollie was saying like a lot of people are already booked up for the whole year so all their january inquiries are coming through they're in there. but seo is definitely our number one we haven't done any paid advertising Mm -hmm. already
3: no, we've we've not. I mean, we probably could have taken more bookings last year. So maybe if we've been running ads, we would have booked out more. Um, but
7: I don't we, think we could really have taken. I mean, I was working as well. Actually, today's my first day of being full time on photography. So yeah. gonna to help last week. <laughs> so yeah, we one. <laughs> so this is going to be a bit easier in um, terms of fitting stuff in around yeah.
3: work. Yeah, and to clarify, we worked with fifty-five couples last year. I think
7: wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was enough. I don't think. Yeah,
3: and we and and I would say we haven't really changed the amount of effort that we put into Instagram. It's been consistent, but it has dropped off. So by that I mean we're still putting out the same amount of stories, the same amount of posts. Um, We've added reels, Mm -hmm. um, but we've still seen a decline um, in leads. We still value it because we think it, um, it really helps our couples. Even if they find us on SEO, I think they then spend time on our social media and get to know us, and that validates um, who we are to them. And it gives them more confidence to book us and, and to pay us more, frankly. Um, so we still see Instagram as really important, even if we're not getting so many leads. But, but definitely SEO, I think, for long-term lead source
6: yeah I can see Instagram moving away from the visual to becoming that whole validation. Um, who are we going to be working with choosing? Um, it's going to become that kind of tool now and insight into our lives rather than you know just looking at you know the, the, the photos or videos that we post. Um, I it's definitely going to go that way I think and it's going to be an addition I think and the fact you've got such a niche is great for you guys because you you know you do pop up on that SEO quite 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 well and you know and 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 having Instagram as that backup tool to kind of see. Behind the curtain, sort of, so to speak, is great. Speak I was going to say, it best, right?
0: like, Phil, like you, what, what they were talking about reminded me a lot of what you were saying before, and that you've you've maintained that effort, that that work is still where it was in, in your social media presence, but you were seeing different results. Is that what you were going to talk on, or have I got the wrong end of this
8: the, thing the there? No, no, there was going to be an element uh, Excuse me, an element of that, definitely. Um, I have pretty much maintained, uh, I think, the longest period of time between probably over the past two months, the longest period would be about 72 hours without me posting something. Um, So I'd be dead straight. I don't hide it. I wear my art on my sleeve. I find it absolutely draining. Um, Mentally, I used to love social media. and now get to the point where I just can't stand the damn thing. Uh, But I know so many people that do, allegedly, so do so well from it, and they live their life through it. The element uh, I think Jack touched on of people finding out about you as a person. I really think that is exactly what it's going to be for and a very, very small shop front window of your business as opposed to necessarily the depth and quality of it. They're then going to go further down the rabbit hole, look at your website. It's it's going to end up, for me, I think it's going to end up just being the shop window, nothing more. Um, I know a lot of people that are doing amazingly well out of Instagram. And obviously, I think Ollie touched on it. That, sorry, Alan i Steph touched on that. It, it. There's been a decline in it. I used to do okay out of it. I, my, my inquiries come on a massive cross-section. Um, it still wins through SEO. It always has done. Uh, during the first six months of lockdown <clears throat> was pretty much when I was starting the business. And I was doing six to eight hours a day, five days a week for my SEO. And so I predominantly get found for that. Then it goes to Instagram, Facebook, referral. Uh, building that network's been a, a massive part of it, definitely. Um, I actually, on, on a on a on a side note, if I could speak to you possibly privately after this, because I'm going to have to nip off shortly, I'd love to about what you guys do up there. If I could find out a little bit more about it, that'd be amazing. Yeah, sure.
7: yeah of course, Just send us yeah. Instagram.
8: Message. Yeah, yeah. I've already given you a quick follow and I'll have a quick chat with you about it. But yeah, um,
7: yeah. I, I,
8: like the whole thing of TikTok and the analytics of it all, when it all kicked off, I looked into it massively. Um, and I don't want to turn this into a TikTok guide because it really isn't. But the potential on there for what you're going to be found for SEO, TikTok is already on a absolutely massive surge to take over Google as the primary search engine
7: yeah which is crazy and actually it's interesting you said that because last night we had a consultation call with a couple an american couple they're in their late 30s so not like super young tiktok crowd but they were saying oh yeah we we kept seeing about elopements on sky on tiktok and we we don't use tiktok for business i was like oh okay Mm -hmm. maybe we should start like working on that um but they also said you know that they wanted to find someone that they felt they could be friends with and i think through following us on instagram like they've seen that we like hang out with our couples and do like online game nights with previous couples and stuff so that's the important thing about instagram but yeah TikTok is one that is on the list of things that we really yeah.
2: need to bring
0: this full circle because i think this is a really good point like both richard and mark said right at the beginning of this chat I don't post on Instagram enough. And I think the things that you've just said is just like it's probably a couple of years behind the, the commercial industry. And also, you've both identified that as business owners, video is becoming more important to your business because, like you said, they're on TikTok that that's where they're seeing it so with that said like mark how how do you find your referrals come through like i know that you're in a different space but how do you get the work that you get
4: the majority of my work comes from word of mouth and if it's not word of mouth from someone that i already know it's from crew that i'm working with if i work with crew on a new crew on a job one week next week they could be calling me up for a job um that being said no i'm not many people are finding me via website or or social media because i don't know by the nature of my work producers want to know want to know that somebody's worked with that person and it, it sort of intrinsically is word of mouth generally um instagram does serve as a good reminder to people that i already know and that we follow each other and crew that i work with it's and, and it and it works both ways because i hire crews sometimes and and it's yeah the same thing i'll be just scrolling through instagram and i'll just see a camera guy called john who's walking his dog or something but i go oh yeah john there's this job next week that i need a guy and john's really good at that kind of thing so uh, instagram rather than being a marketing tool like you were saying about the personality side of things like even if it's not curated and it's this is the best new job i've done recently just staying in in people's peripheral vision i think has, has been really helpful
0: all that top of mind awareness and making sure that you, you're kind of looking after people that you've worked with before and like checking and see how they're getting on, like just staying in touch. Is that, is that kind of the use case that you're seeing for Instagram as a platform then as a, as a professional?
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's stories taken over for, for the, the posts and yeah, just, just seeing what people, other people are up to and just saying, Oh, that I really like that thing that you did and, and, and just, or seeing their life oh you had a kid great oh like um because these people it might be that you work with them once a year it might be that you work with them 12 times a year but but for me you sort of you could work with someone once and then five years later you work with them again um yeah there was a there was a presenter on a job last year where after the shoot i realized we'd worked together on a shoot in london like 10 years previously um and yeah, if we weren't following each other on social media, but then I did after that, and it was only through that that sort of you, you keep those links and connections with with people. Um, so yeah, less marketing and more social friendship, which is why I kind of like this kind of thing as well.
0: Like, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like, it, it's a really nice way of getting to know people too um because obviously like whereas this is the first time I think we've spoken properly like this and it's nice to to have met you and like nice to talk through all these kind of different elements of your business and even for people that I've already spoken to a lot it, it's it's good just to stay in touch I mean fr- from an outside perspective was like how how do you find like it's been coming into this conversation like has it been awkward or uncomfortable or how have you found having a chat about this kind of stuff with other people um
5: kind of always a little bit awkward isn't it And um, you know let's be honest it always is a little bit awkward and um, yeah I'm not really a few years ago I took myself out of all the photography groups and stuff um, I just I just yeah I just didn't get not, no one in particular just that being in photography groups and stuff just wasn't for me on social media um, kind of If you're editing all day, it's kind of then to jump on social media and be seeing other people's work and stuff. I kind of just wanted to watch cat videos over when I'm on social media, so I don't really interact with anybody, any other photographers on social media. So, this was a way of me kind of giving myself an hour or something a week of interacting with other photographers without having to interact with them when I'm not wanting to interact with them, if that makes sense. 100%
0: 100% like having space for it and like allowing it to fill that space and nothing else. That's that's one of the reasons why I was keen to get to open it back up, but with a bit of a time limit, really. So in in the end, like if you want to dip in and out and join the conversation and leave, you can. If you're more comfortable just listening in while recording, you can. If later down the line you prefer to listen back, there's going to be a recording available for you. Like The idea is I want people to feel like they can take advantage of the community when they need it. It's it's not something that's going to demand from you. Like If you want to share, if you can share, you, you're encouraged to but you don't need to like in the end if you were more comfortable sitting quietly we could let you sit quietly um but again thanks for coming Wes. i really appreciate that and to kind of come through so like richard you obviously are in commercial space as well and obviously using social media a little bit differently too so how how is this how has this been for you 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 mentioned you're posting to instagram less is that because you're receiving less inquiry from that like how are you finding that that platform is for your business now
2: I think that I wasn't particularly enjoying Instagram um, because I'm very fortunate at the moment to have enough repeat clients that maybe I'm not looking, I'm looking for something specific or a specific job I'd like to do rather than really trying to glean new work. Um, So I've got more of an idea that I'll start posting on a different account, more personal work that I'd like to do, personal projects, uh, which, which does give me joy. And I think does link back to the business because I've recently won some nice commissions through those personal jobs. Um, yeah, which was quite surprising. You get to show someone, link with someone uh, because of that. But you know, in terms of going forward, I think that's maybe more of it, using Instagram to, to give me some joy to post pictures without pressure. I think I felt the pressure of putting things on there that are... Perfect, <laughs> and I, I, I run in an industry where interior images that you you see in, in magazines they're, they're they're retouched to the nth degree. Um, architecture is perfect lines, and I, I see the world in that way, and kind of the perfect lines and the perfect walls. So to be able to step away from that and post things that I might actually enjoy that are imperfect is, is taking a little bit of work. So it's really nice to hear you know from, from a different industry and hear the the different waves. That you're all going through, that are not so predictable as they have been, and and that that does reflect a little bit in in my industry as well, where we have people moving from large businesses to their own businesses and looking for for photography and video. That was really clearly
0: summed up, and I, I kind of wanted to ask a, a follow up question in a minute, but I'll, I'll come back to that because th- there was a really good point made, and I wanted to kind of expand it in a bit of, with a bit more room, if you like. Um, but Leah, obviously the reason I kind of saved you to last in this case is because your, your audience and market are very different to everybody else that was in the conversation. So I I want to know a little bit more about how Instagram performs for your business. Like, are are you finding that most people find you from there? Are you discovering people from different sources? Um,
1: I definitely, I've had an increase in Instagram, but I think it's, much more like, um, is it Phil, is it Phil who left? Yes. Um, was saying that it's like much more of like a window and like I have my metrics and like SEO Google is like number one, but barely. And then like it's client referral, vendor referral, and then Instagram, um, based on my like inquiry form. But I do think that a lot of couples like might find me through Google and then like go for like the kind of social proof or like the, the look window looking in on Instagram and then come back and fill out my form and then put Instagram. Because when I talked to Mike, I was like, Oh, how did you find me? It's still like a lot of verbally Google, even if like the lead form quote unquote says Instagram. So I have definitely seen like a switch. Um, one of the things that I did in my business in the last year was I have somebody that just posts like static posts for me. I still handle like all the stories. And if I do a reel, like that's me, but I am awful about posting on Instagram. It stresses me so, so, so much, but I know in like my area and at least in wedding photography, it was something that like my couples really wanted to see more of. And I think it was so eloquently put that it's like that like shop window like i want to see something when i come to your page that isn't like three months old so i was like well i want to invest here and see how how it works out for me and and it's just like static posts i'm not doing like having somebody do like tiktoks or reels it's just like images and some captions and some hashtags and i've been really surprised in how much that has like just helped the overall like view of my brand, I, I feel like the brides coming to me are much more confident in in my skills and my abilities before that we even have a conversation because I talk to everybody, um, and just having that one little aspect like outsourced takes my stress level down because even if I don't get in stories or make a reel, I know something's going up like every couple of days regardless to keep my presence there, and. I've seen an increase in my booked brides are the ones that comment on my posts because they're like, oh, I want a shot like this at my wedding. So I've seen a switch, at least in my stuff, that Instagram has been like a great way to communicate and like stay in touch with my current couples. And they get more and more excited about their wedding day. The more they see my work for other couples being posted on instagram so it's kind of become this interesting loop for me become this interesting loop for me it
0: it sounds like what you're describing is that you're using instagram as a community building tool and not an advertising channel so what you're saying is like it has to be congruous it has to fit like my work is here and instagram is here because you've made sure that somebody's taking care of that but then On a personal level you're making sure that you're showing up in a way that shows you off so that people that do want to work with you can still find you in the same way that mark was saying before and and richard that they're using this as a method of showing a bit more of the personality keeping people engaged with them and using that as a point of difference and keeping that kind of one-to-one relationship where it matters so if i understand right like the way that everybody so far in this conversation has described instagram is at best It's a community tool. It's something that we use to stay in touch and try and build trust as opposed to capture somebody's attention in the first place. Whether that be from Leah or Ollie talking about how their main source of referral is actually from Google, but then people might put Instagram on the final form and you see in that correlation with people messaging back and forth in the comments being from Instagram. Um, We're not seeing it as the same kind of discovery tool that it might have been a few years ago.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's just like, just to go back uh, to is like, uh, I think Wes was talking about how he left a lot of groups. And I totally agree. Like it just it's, it's so noisy, and finding a group where you can just like, one hang out feel like you're talking about similar, at least some similar things, even if it's different industries, like, oh, you're also having like a slow time with inquiries. and like it not being so loud where like Instagram, like I, I follow photographers, but then I also put a lot on mute because I just, I can't have all of that. Like, I love them. It's not because I don't love like my photographer friends. It's literally like, I can't have that much like coming at me when I'm also trying to like run my business. And so having this brain switch, where it's like, if I'm coming to social media, not to like, necessarily get more attention from people it's just like hey here's here's my work here's like my random photo of my dog because i love her like like it's much less competitive for me that way and then just like kind of like bringing that noise level down because everybody's vying for attention or to be on the latest kind of a reel or a tiktok and i get that if that's your sole marketing source but I found that it's it's much more relaxing to not have it be my sole marketing source.
6: Yeah, I just wanted to add that um, a bit like Wes, I totally retracted from Instagram and it's become more of a kind of um, a chat tool for me for to, for dealing with clients and more of a colloquial way of rather than sending an email, it's dropping to their inbox to say, hi, how are you? How's it going? That kind of thing and break down those barriers a little bit more, where maybe I'm not posting reels or you know I'm, I'm not posting at all. It's, it's still a good way for me to kind of, just not send that formal email that I'm just behind, you know, a, a domain and you know an email address. It's you know they still see that I'm actually current. The fact that I'm on it still. Um, so yeah, it's become a, a bit more of a kind of a, a, a communication tool for me than than a visual kind of uh, selling myself tool. Um, but I just wanted to kind of retract a little bit, Tom. Sorry to backtrack a little bit on what we're kind of using Instagram for and where I've not been on it for so long. I've had a lot of thought about this, and I don't think I think for reels I know that video is, is the way to go for Instagram but I don't think I'm going to do any kind of professional reels in terms of showing off my work on a reel because that's what the feed's for in my in my case and I think the way we've, we've kind of decided or talked about how kind of potential clients come to our page and they see our work I mean I, I don't see the value in repeating it on a reel they may see it but I think they're still going to find you at some point so um, reflecting on my personal life and, and who I am as a person is going to be much more valuable as we've touched upon. Um, and I kind of come to the conclusion a couple of months ago that I just won't kind of do the repetitive nature of reels It's just kind of do like, you know, kind of taking still images and, and making them into a loop or into a video. I'm just going to just try and keep it as, as kind of close to the bone and, and, as, and as honest as possible so they can see me and know who they're going to get on their wedding day.
0: I, I think you just hit on something that we all do. Like every single person here that on video was basically saying, yep, that's me. I've muted so many people because th- th- it does get to the point where you can't cope with anymore. Like there's a limit to the amount of stimulus you can take. Like where's opting out completely? That's that's a great way of doing it. It's like, no, I don't need it. Like need, I need this instead. Um, but even those of us that are continuing to actively participate, we can't, we don't have limitless attention. And I think that it sounds like our clients are probably feeling the same thing they're also going to be overwhelmed. They're also going to have a huge glut of like visual information coming at them. And by being different or being honest, at least, you're more likely to find somebody that might not mute you because you're the one that does this thing differently and the one that they want to kind of anchor onto. So I kind of understand, and I think there's a, a wider discussion to be had here probably another time because we're well over an hour now, Um, but about how, we deal with noise in social media, both as a consumer of social media and as somebody that's either producing content for it, if you're in, in my case, or like as a business owner, how you show your work off, like in a way that isn't just adding to that noise. Like how do you do something valuable? Like Ollie, uh, Ollie and Steph mentioned that they have a, an elopement guide. That is a hugely valuable thing for somebody planning to elope. Do we see that same quality on Instagram? Probably not. And it's not because they're not providing amazing stuff on Instagram. It's just that it doesn't stick around. So you can't put the effort in. So it's like how do you how do you find a way of using a noisy platform to say something clear? Um it is, is probably an interesting topic for another day. But right now, just to kind of summarize, if if I understand this correctly, for those of us that work in the commercial sector, we're already at a point where those relationships are the things that are feeding us. Like very often past clients or continuous clients are the things that are putting food on our tables and and money in the bank account. And networking with other people like-minded in a way that isn't going to kind of make them feel like they're being sold to is massively important. Um, for the wedding people out there, it's it's a wide range. You've got some people that do book predominantly in, in January, um, but more and more we're seeing shorter dates. So you'll see people inquiring for a wedding within a few months rather than a few years. Um, and we're kind of seeing a shortening of that, that time window as everybody kind of feels a pinch and they work out where their budgets are going to sit. Um, with that said, like, if anybody has anything else they wanted to ask or to add, um, now is the time. If not, we'll, we'll, say, we'll sign off, but feel free to say something if you want to. Jack, you've got your mic unmuted. Go ahead.
2: Basically. Well
0: said. I couldn't agree with you more on that one.
2: Go ahead, Richard. It sounds to me, yeah, I agree quite a lot with what you said there, uh, Jack, that it, are you posting for the sake of posting? We, we realize we were trying to attract people, but um, you know, I made a video recently and put music on it that I don't like. <laughs> and I don't fit think fits my business. Um I've actually got the 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 video with the correct music I sent to the client, but the one I decided to do following the crowd was was music that's popular. And uh so that, that made me really think, question, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I think that's a part of it, yeah, being a bigger conversation, like you said, Tom. With that in mind,
0: um as I said, like the, the this is very much like a, a test run for for this format. And we're hopefully going to do this at least once a week going forward. So it sounds like we've got our next topic, basically. I I think that there's a conversation to be had around like how we use Instagram and how that's changing. And I've got my personal opinions on it, but what I'm actually seeing is that my opinions are changing listening to all of you because it's even more important that we stop looking at it just as a shop window. And I think that, I'd like to hear more about how people are seeing success and, and what element the sharing their personality is having an impact. Um, so if that sounds interesting to any of you, um, obviously you're more than welcome to come again for the next, the next podcast that I'll, I'll continue to put links up the way I've been doing on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'd love to I'd love to hear more from you. If any of you've got any questions, feel free to DM me. For the time being, I just want to say thank you to Richard, Leah, Mark, Jack, uh, Ollie, Wes, and obviously, everybody else that's been involved in listening in the audience and Phil who had to jump off a minute ago. If any of you've got any questions for us, feel free to drop me a DM and I'll try and delegate so everyone doesn't get inundated unless they actually want to hear from people. Um, But thanks again for the time you spent and hopefully I'll see you again next week.